free. And the end result was they killed all the victims they were claiming to try to help, and all these little children died. So, uh, um, you know, there's, there's a time and a place when you need military action, but that's, that's against foreign invaders. Um, but uh, New Age pantheism also teaches disrespect for real human rights, okay? And then again, it, pro it, it uh, promotes, there's the promotion uh, of immorality, and all of a sudden all the sinful practices uh, that the scriptures talks about, that's what's promoted as human rights, but real human rights like owning property. Uh, you know, the environmental movement, probably the number one thing it's accomplishing is taking private property away from, from hard-working Americans. Uh, by the way, the, the communist idea, the redistribution of wealth, it just is going to just imply. It takes from, you take from the producers and you give to the non-producers until the producers are discouraged and no longer produce, and then everybody's poor. And uh, but but the redistribution of wealth. When they talk, when when other nations, leaders of other nations are talking about that, uh, what that really means is the redistribution of your wealth. And I don't care if you're making four dollars an hour doing the fries at Burger King. These, they receive an exemption. They, they drive the Rolls Royces and go to the UN meetings and their big things and all, but, uh, uh, but when it comes down to it, um, uh, what they're talking about is taking from America and distributing that all throughout the world. And uh, um, so, you know, it's take from the rich, give to the poor. They're not talking about Bill Gates. He's got his exemption, okay? He's an internet... If, 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 if you're an American businessman, the government attacks you, is destroying you. And Bill Gates votes for the guys who destroys those kinds of businesses. But it's the international businesses that you can have all these tax laws and big burdens and regulation on businesses in America. That doesn't affect him uh, uh, if he's an international businessman. And, uh, and, and basically, you know, you get, why pay an American $20 an hour? When you, can, uh, when you can afford slave labor in, in, in China where they paid them a dollar an hour, build the same product, and then turn around and sell it to Americans because we're the only ones who can afford to buy it. And that's what's happening over and over again. But, uh, uh, but whatever the case, uh, of course, the belief in reincarnation, I think we all know what that is, an uh, innumerable amount of lives where you're, after you die, your soul uh, enters into another body. Communication with spirits, uh, which the Bible forbids, uh, channeling, uh, we used to call it spiritism. Uh, again, intolerance in the name of tolerance, they tell us there's no such thing as truth. So you, you Christians are incorrect to call, to say that you know the truth and that you need to, you know, and that they're contradicting themselves. The rejection of absolute truth, which I basically uh, uh, touched on right there in that prior statement. Now I want to look at the... Uh, effect of these three worldviews on American culture uh, with Christian theism because of the unprecedented freedom that you had the government was limited and it protect, protected your right to pursue happiness it didn't guarantee you happiness if you wanted to be a lazy bum you can be a lazy bum and, and starve to death okay that's what the Bible says too if any man will not uh, work neither let him eat but with unprecedented freedom if a guy wanted to make something out of his life or a girl wanted to make something out of her life, you had the freedom to do that. Well, that led to unprecedented productivity. The re redistribution of wealth assumes 
the communist premise, the redistribution of wealth, assumes that there's enough food to feed everybody just, just, just there. And because America, because Phil Fernandez drives a car, that means people are starving somewhere else. No, that's not the key. The, 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 the fact of the matter is, the food isn't just there. You've got to work hard for it. There was this thing called the fall, and now you've got to sweat. If you want to eat, you've got to go out there and work hard. And so the freest nation only makes sense would be the most productive nation, which only makes sense would be the most prosperous nation. Okay? You want to help third world countries, what you need to do is preach the gospel to them, get rid of their Marxist, communistic governments, and a lot... Uh, well, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but what's the... It, every, all these new ages are worried about elephants being put to death for their tusks in, uh, in Africa. Okay? You know what the problem is? It's Marxism. Because the people aren't allowed to own the elephants. The, the most slaughtered animal on the globe right now is the cow. And we're not running out of cows in America. Because we allow, we allow people the freedom to own cows. And if a guy makes his living off of cows, he's not going to kill all his cows. And he's going to make sure that he only butchers a certain amount of them so that he's always got plenty of cows to have a growing business. Um, those poor guys that try to, and so some of them are just evil, evil criminal thugs, but some of those poachers are just trying to put some kind of food on the table to provide for a family in a communist regime where it's hard to find food. And, uh, but it's not the government's job to own uh, property and the animals. That was that actually, uh, um, it just, it's the lack of freedom there. But unprecedented prosperity America was basically raised the most prosperous nation on earth. Now, we're moving away from that now, but we had limited government, and we also had, before the 1960s, we had an extremely low uh, crime rate as well. Now, what was the effect of a atheism and secular humanism? We began to have a drastic loss uh, of freedom. Um, you saw that when prayer was taken out of the public schools and... Uh, uh, the Bible taken out of the out of the public schools, and but a, a drastic loss of freedom, then a drop in productivity, and because of that, a drop in prosperity. And you know, America still think we, Americans still think that we're real prosperous. Okay, let me tell you, the Waltons were poor, but Phil Fernandez is is rich supposedly. Okay, let me tell you, the Waltons owned the mountain that they lived on. The house the house was paid for in full. Okay, and you're probably talking in today's they probably owned about, they probably had about $4 million worth of assets in, in today's, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, whereas they had no debts, it's just that they weren't quite sure where their next meal was coming from, which is tough. You know, that's, that's what the Depression was all about. Now, in America, Phil Fernandez knows where his next meal is going to come from, but if the cash isn't in the wallet, and if there's no money in the checking account, then he breaks out the plastic. So you know, what I'm saying is, if you compare Phil Fernandez with the Waltons and you count his assets and his debts, uh, I'm not too sure that they were poor and, uh, and I'm you know, pretty prosperous here in America today. So, so basically what I'm saying is, we, we still think we're prosperous because many of us are spending money that we won't earn for a couple of years we might possibly earn in a couple of years, okay? Um, anyway, uh, again, with atheism, you get the unlimited oppressive government like the Soviet Union. That's the direction atheism would take us. 
uh, where you have whatever job the government tells you that you have, you have a rise in crime. Oh, as the crime rate uh, rises, what the government, what the atheistic government tells you is that don't worry, we can put a stop to this crime if you just allow our government to have more powers and then we take away some of your freedoms. So more government, less freedom. That's, in fact, that was, uh, Francis Schaeffer pointed out, that was a, a large factor in the fall of Rome. The government began to promote immorality instead of uh, uh, standing up for what was right. And that led to an increase in violence. And then the people began to beg the government to take away more, of their, more and more of their freedoms and rights in exchange for protection. Okay? Uh, so eventually, you know, people are going to be begging for uh, a gov an armed government agent in every household so we can feel safe. Uh, and then eventually, uh, atheism, secular humanism uh, will lead to genocide, the extermination of all the political enemies of the government, as uh, we saw in the, uh, in the old Soviet Union. Uh, but secular humanism didn't last too long in America. It was replaced with New Age pantheism. So what was that? What effect is new, new Age pantheism going to have uh, upon us? Well, there's going to be a drastic loss of freedom. Um, again, the, the individual is not important. The collective whole is. Okay, so what's good for the whole society, that's the main thing. The individuals aren't important. So if Christians get in the way of the spiritual evolution, then you, then you just get rid of them. The loss of property rights, that type of thing. But because of the loss of freedom, there's going to be there's a loss of productivity, a drop in uh, uh, prosperity. Uh, read Deuteronomy 28. It's all predicted. You leave the, the God of the Bible, you disobey the God of the Bible as a nation, and uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, I, I didn't even list uh, diseases, but if you're going to promote sexual immorality, uh, get ready for the disease. And I'm not even talking about just the people who partake of those sexual that sexual immorality are going to be diseased. I mean, uh, homosexuals are also spread hepatitis B and tuberculosis, which could be spread just if you're in a room with a, with a guy and he starts coughing. And uh, if some of that gets into your system, um, he could take you down as well. Um, let me just say this about uh, pantheism, the belief that God is the universe. There's two different types. One type of pantheism has an otherworldly emphasis. Like in India, the emphasis is not on the here and now, this life. The emphasis is on future incarnations. Well, because of that, you get nothing but neglect. Okay? Most of the hospitals in India were built by Christians. And like less than 1% of the population are Christians over there. Uh, the Mother Teresa's, uh, the late Mother Teresa there, professed uh, faith in, the, in the, the God of Christianity. And... Uh, it's consistent for Christians to help people who are suffering. But in otherworldly pantheism, if I'm suffering, okay, and, and Tyler uh, helps alleviate my suffering, he's keeping me away from nirvana. He's keeping me away from salvation in Hinduism because now I've got to be reincarnated into another body. I've got, I've got to come back in another body and suffer for that negative karma because he alleviated that suffering here, okay? So you're holding people's spiritual progression back if you help them. And so uh, in India, you get nothing but neglect. Uh, but the New Age movement is a this-worldly pantheism. 
It's a pantheism where the, they believe in reincarnation, but the emphasis is here and now. We can achieve a new age right here and now on earth. We had an example of it in this century. It was Nazism. The, uh, they called themselves the German Christians, but it was actually the German Volk religion that replaced organized Christianity in Germany, and it was the belief that the Aryan race, uh, which included the Germans, was the Aryan race was divine, but that the Fuhrer, Adolf Hitler, was the fullest manifestation of the divine so that he could be worshipped by his people, even though his people considered themselves gods. Now, the non-Aryans, like the Jews, were considered subhuman. And it was feared that they would pollute the genetic code of the Aryan race. So to keep the Aryan race's genetic code pure, we needed to weed out the undesirables. And then you ended up with genocide. Uh, uh, but ba uh, basically, with New Age pantheism, the goal for one world unlimited government, uh, and the, again, the rise in crime can be prevented uh, by more government and, uh, and less freedom. Uh, I just want to close with this. Uh, obviously, where, where I'm arguing, I'm, I'm arguing that where you, the New Age movement is a worldwide phenomenon. If you want to see where it's going to take us, all you have to do is look at Nazi Germany and then apply that to the entire globe. What that sounds to me like is Revelation chapter 13, the kingdom of the, the Antichrist and the false prophet. If you want to see where uh, an atheistic government would have led us, just look at what happened in the, in the old Soviet Union. Okay? Um, so I think we've already seen the superiority of the Christian worldview. Uh, but I just want to just mention in passing that uh, uh, you could also argue for the superiority of the uh, uh, Christian worldview in that it has uh, superior explanatory power. Here's nine aspects of human experience that are better explained by Christianity than by atheism, okay? For instance, the beginning, modern science has proven the beginning of the universe. The universe had a beginning. Well, if the universe had a beginning, it needs a cause. And Christianity teaches, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That makes sense. But the universe popping into existence out of nothing, nothing causing it to, to come into existence, is totally ludicrous. And then if, we could, if the universe couldn't cause its own beginning... It, it can't be the cause of its continuing existence. So something is not only created the universe, but it's sustaining it in existence. The design and order found in the universe. I mean, William Pelley used the illustration to find a watch in the wilderness. Even if you never saw a watch before, you would see the design and order and complexity, and you would know there had to be a watchmaker. Well, let me tell you, a single-celled animal is, is, it contains much more complex information than a watch does. So uh, the universe shows uh, evidence of design and order. Therefore, it was caused by an intelligent designer. Uh, absolute moral values. Uh, moral values prescribe how we should act. Therefore, if moral values are above all men, if it is wrong for all men to uh, kill innocent babies, then there has to be a moral lawgiver above all men. If we can condemn the actions of the past, like slavery is wrong, then what we're saying is that moral values are eternal and unchanging. There are some moral, there are some eternal, unchanging moral values. Therefore, we need an eternal, unchanging moral lawgiver. Human life is sacred in the Christian worldview. The Christian worldview can say, thou shalt not kill, and it makes sense because human life is sacred. We're created in God's image. 
uh, atheism, you're just an animal. New Age pantheism, and uh, you're God, but if you hold down our spiritual evolution, uh, uh, we can terminate you. Uh, the existence of eternal, unchanging truths, uh, such as, you know, one plus one equals, tr equals two, that was always true. There was never a time when that was not true. There's never a time where one plus one is going to equal three. These eternal, unchanging truths are better explained by an eternal, unchanging mind than they would be explained by just, well, they're just there. That's the way Michael Martin and uh, his atheist friends talk. They're just there. Um, ultimate meaning in life, if you live 70 years and then you cease to exist for all eternity, uh, it makes no difference whether you live like Mother Teresa or like Adolf Hitler. With Christianity, because God exists and there is life after death and there's rewards and punishment, uh, uh, life has meaning. Uh, possibility of human, human knowledge in the Christian worldview, because we were created in God's image, because He's a rational God, we are rational, uh, we have the possibility of, of learning things. And the atheist likes to say that evil disproves God's existence, not so. Everybody, including the atheist, recognizes evil and human suffering. The only solution I've ever heard to it, the only plausible solution I've ever heard to the defeat of evil is through the death, resurrection, and return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, somebody thinks they've got to have a better solution, more plausible one, I'd like to hear it. I haven't heard anything that comes close. I mean, even Judaism, which comes so close to Christianity, sounds so good in so many different areas, but when everything comes down to, why in the world does your God have you butcher animal after animal after animal after animal when all you're saying is man can save himself by his works. I mean, it makes no sense at all. Another, it's pretty obvious that God's trying to get a point across to them with these animals being slaughtered time and time again and because it was pointing forward to the day when God would send the perfect Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus, to die on the cross for the sins of mankind. Uh, Jesus is not only our Savior, but is also the Jewish Messiah. Failure of atheism on those nine points it fails to adequately explain these nine aspects of human experience and knowledge. Uh, because of that, atheists often attempt to explain away. these. They say, there's no such thing as right and wrong. I don't believe in eternal truths, which is a ludicrous position uh, to hold. And then the failure of New Age pantheism, and I'll, I'll be closing with this. Uh, failure of New Age pantheism... Uh, there's no basis for absolute morality. They, they teach that ultimately there's no such thing as right and wrong, but then they still like to call Adolf Hitler wrong. Well, they're right for calling Adolf Hitler wrong, but they have no basis within their system to call anybody, including Hitler, wrong. Okay? Once you say, what's right for me is right for me, it doesn't have to be right for you and vice versa, you've got no right to call the actions of Adolf Hitler wrong because he thought what he was doing needed to be done. Now, we as Christians can condemn his actions. Uh, also, there's no basis for human personality. Personality is an illusion as far as the pantheist is concerned. Reality is impersonal. Uh, yet, just the ideas of personal worth, love for one another, communication, all of those necessitate uh, human personality. Uh, also, for the New Ager, if reality is one, they believe all reality is one. They reject the idea that reality is many that there's more than one person. Uh, uh, if reality is one, then how can the New Ager communicate this concept to another? 
to try to convince, you know, a New Ager tries to convince me that he and I are not distinct beings. Okay? So how can you communicate to another the uh, uh, denial that there is another? It's, it's just self-refuting. And also the denial of absolute truth is self-refuting. The idea that to, to state there, there is no absolute truth. If that statement was true, it would be an absolute truth. If it's false, it's false. So, but if it's true, it would be an absolute truth that refutes itself. It's another self-refuting statement. In other words, there has to be uh, absolute truth. There has to be some truths um, that uh, are true at all times for all people. And, uh, and so that's the refutation of New Age pantheism. Let me just close with Deuteronomy 28. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. It's kind of your homework. Um, but Deuteronomy 28, God is speaking to the nation of Israel. And uh, I'll just read the first few verses. Uh, it says, Now it shall be if you, and you is in the plural, it's the whole nation, not individual, not every individual, but uh, uh, it's talking to the whole nation. Now it shall be if you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. God did it with Israel, and because America was based upon biblical principles, and at one time we were obedient to, to those principles, God did it with us as well, raised us to be the greatest nation on earth. Verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, uh, if you will obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Not only do we have a gang problem in the city, we got gang problems in the country now, too. Okay? You go down further, verse 15, But if it, if it shall come about, if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe, to do all His commandments and His statutes with which I charge you today, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And it goes, Curse you shall be in the city, and curse you shall be in the country. And the list goes on and on. You'll be defeated by your enemies, verse 25. The Lord will smite you with madness, verse 28. More Americans than any other people are visiting psychologists today and psychiatrists. And, uh, but the list goes on and on. Verse 43, The alien who is among you shall rise above you, higher and higher, but you shall go down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. In other words, um, foreigners will come in and start basically buying out American property because God's curse is, is going to be... a uh, upon the nation that turns its back on God. So I, I hope that we saw that uh, in this uh, message that a lot of the political, moral things that we see occurring in our day have a direct uh, relationship to the spiritual report card that this nation has. And that the further we get away from the God of the Bible, um, the worst things are going to get. And uh, therefore, any, the, the best thing you could possibly do, yes, it would be great if you could get politically active and uh, elect good candidates and things like that. Yes, it would be good if you could, could uh, become a professor at a university, whether it's Christian or non-Christian. Yes, it would be good if you can do all these other things, but the most powerful thing that you can do is to talk to your neighbor about the Lord Jesus Christ.
and uh, uh, a nation that abandons the Lord Jesus Christ is a nation uh, that is under God's curse. Uh, okay, so that's all I have for you right now. If you join with me, we can close with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' precious name, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, the many blessings that uh, that we've received in this country, uh, not because our generation uh, has been so loyal to you, but because uh, former generations uh, were loyal uh, to you and, you, and you're continuing to to bless us for, for their loyalty to you. So I, I just pray, Lord, that... Uh, before the, the, the curses get worse, before the judgment comes upon this nation, that, that you would just call us as a people uh, to bow before you, to ask your forgiveness, that, uh, that uh, the, the believers in this country would recognize that uh, the liberal media and the liberal government would love nothing more than for us to remain quiet, but that you've called us to go out and to, to proclaim number one above all other, other things to proclaim the salvation that comes only through your Son, the Lord Jesus. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would use us to share your gospel message with others, to transform individuals, and uh, if it be your will, Lord, I pray that that would then eventually transform this culture once again, so that if it be your will, that Christian theism would once again become the driving force. But if that's not the case, Lord, if if we're too late in the, in the program, if... Uh, if uh, uh, the end times are upon us, if the Antichrist is waiting in the wings, so just waiting to, to assume his throne over the entire world, then I just pray, Lord, that, uh, that you would just come alongside of us and comfort us and encourage us and, and give us the strength uh, to continue to proclaim your gospel message even when persecution uh, comes upon us. We just thank you, Lord, for the many blessings you've given us in this country. We thank you for your, your salvation. We thank you for loving us, Lord, and, and for your ability to love that which is unlovable. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that, uh, that has never uh, asked your son Jesus to be their Savior, that uh, I, I just pray, Lord, that they would recognize that Christianity does make a difference, whether we're speaking about cultures or individual people. And that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, none will be saved. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Okay. I, I, I think your question was, what, uh, what kind of effect is uh, New Age pantheism having, having on the church? And I, I assume you mean the church in America today. And uh, you kind of hinted that the American church is sometimes got as big of a problem with the spirit of this age as the world does and uh, and that's exactly what's happened. Recent polls have shown that uh, those who profess to be born-again evangelical Christians um, we don't vote much different than the world votes uh, and we don't believe much different than the world believes. In fact, I, I believe it was something like 50 something like 50 percent of those who profess to be born-again Christians uh, rejected uh, that the Holy Spirit was a person. Uh, another large portion believed you could save yourself by your works. And this poll basically re revealed that a large chunk of professing Christendom, a large, a large chunk of the American church is not even saved. Um, but I, I think with the health, wealth, and prosperity movement, what you find is uh, 
it's masqueraded in Christian terminology, uh, but the terms are redefined so that uh, you end up having like the mind science cults or new age type thinking. Uh, you create your own reality through the, the, the power of your mind and the power of positive confession, things like that. You uh, name it and claim it, that type of thing. That's, that's new age type thinking. And uh, that's, that's another way that it's infiltrated the church. Uh, another area is the psych secular psychology has become tremendously popular within the church. And uh, just as we saw that, you know, you, you, we saw how long Christian theism lasted in America. I mean, when, when a, a view is prospering your nation, why rock the boat? But then once the atheists came to power, it didn't even last a full generation. It was so bankrupt, so spiritually bankrupt, that all of a sudden the New Age movement comes into the picture. Uh, the same way in, in psychology, secular psychology, the atheistic psychology of Sigmund Freud didn't last real long. And so he, one, of his, one of his main pupils, uh, Young, it's spelled like Jung, but it's actually pronounced Young, uh, actually incorporated occultic New Age type principles into Freudian psychology. And unfortunately, the church is not only accepting atheistic psychological principles, but uh, pantheistic New Age psychological principles as well. And the key is, the more you know of the truth, the less susceptible you will be to lies. Now, when you talk to the average Christian pastor today, he will tell you that there's not a big, he doesn't have a big emphasis on preaching truth to his people. His emphasis is uh, 15, 20-minute messages, and he tries to, he goes out of his way not to rock the boat. He tries to make everybody feel good so they'll come back next Sunday. So as long as the, uh, the uh, American church, its, its emphasis is on... Uh, numbers and, and keeping people in the in the church um, and rather than on God's truth uh, the average Christian isn't going to know too much about the truth which means he's going to be very vulnerable uh, to lies and deception and, uh, and, and bankers they uh, they make them examine and touch and, and go through uh, literally thousands of uh, real money real dollar bills and twenty dollar bills so that they'll be able to recognize a counterfeit so they don't have them study the counterfeit they have them study the true money so that when they see a counterfeit you and I might think yeah it's a real twenty dollar bill a banker just looks at it and it's like it's obviously a, a counterfeit bill but uh, but basically what I'm getting at is that the, what we call the church in America doesn't look it's a lot like Israel was in the time of Isaiah you know we're God saying, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And so on CNN, some Christians protest at an abortion clinic and the CNN reporter saying, well, don't you, don't you think that uh, what you're doing is, is bordering on terrorism? And they're talking to a pastor in Buffalo who is protesting abortion, protesting the, the killing of innocent human beings, and he's referred to as uh, you know, holding to a view that's bordering on terrorism. So, uh, um, But unfortunately, there's a large portion of the... Uh, Christian church that is uh, basically has more of the health, wealth, and prosperity, health, wealth, and prosperity movement. They're saying we're gods with a little g. So uh, I mean that's very close to Mormonism and the New Age movement. And uh, so I, I think in the end of the apostasy, the falling away of the faith that Paul predicted in First Timothy chapter four, I think uh, 
some Christian churches are probably going to have pretty good attendance um, and meet openly right during the reign of the Antichrist because for all practical purposes they're, they're preaching his, his bad news rather than Jesus' good news. So, but, uh, Oh, was that along the lines, or would? Because I have a tendency sometimes to take a question, misunderstand it, and, and uh, do a 20-minute uh, thesis that uh, has nothing to do with what the guy asks. So. Any other questions?